Thank you so much for staying with us. So we are going to have a really interesting chat, and I do welcome your calls at this point in 0891. 104207. I'm joined in studio by the Henley Business School Dean and Director John Foster Pedley, who has put together um, a research paper that talks about the gig economy and specifically looking at South Africa. You know, often you've got these studies that come through from everywhere else, but here I was really interested in what it is that it found about this particular um, industry in South Africa and what people are calling the side hustle. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Total pleasure. So I was just asking you earlier, what spurred the, 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 the idea of putting this together? Well, you know, we, we all work, don't we? And and so we're terribly serious about working in our jobs and we've got to be very professional employees. But frankly, after a while, if you don't watch out, you get bored of that. And we have so many other talents. So you'll find internationally with the nature of work changing, becoming more flexible, more diverse. And people want to do more things than just grow in one job. And uh, also they want to earn, earn more money. So I was at a conference in the UK and I found some research done in the UK on this. And it really blew my mind. I thought, wow, this is a good thing. And, and we tend to stigmatize and keep secret all this side hustling as if it's a bad thing. Turned out it's not. It's a good thing. So we replicated the study here and also found fascinating things. I'm really fascinated by the fact that, in fact, people who are doing the side hustle or two or three are not actually underground. They're quite open about their side hustle to their bosses. Yeah, 72% of companies require, we found here, well, 77% of companies require that you declare your side hustle, and 72% of respondents did. So 5% didn't. But there was no, there's no big issue, you know. I mean, we're at Henley, we not only do we give all our employees free education, and that's, a, so that's you get a free MBA, everyone gets it, and I hope they take it. Because, but we also encourage them to do stuff on the side as well, uh, for a very good reason. Um, so it turns out that if you open about side hustling, encourage it in their company, some of the best people want to work for you because they say, hey, I've got a flex employer who wants me to grow. He doesn't want to make me a wage slave. He wants to, they, want to make me, they want to make me a full person with all my innovation and creativity, my great ideas. They want me to grow and they give me the opportunity and they let me make more money as well. I mean, I was saddened by the fact that with the kind of economy that we're looking at now, that many of these people who have a side hustle are, are really just trying to keep afloat. It's not so much about even earning extra. It's, it's just the, the way the economy is at the moment. Yeah. See, a side hustle by definition means that you've got a first employment. And we've got a situation where we've got loads of people unemployed. So, so everyone's hanging on to their jobs and, uh, and then people are survivalists. So being entrepreneurial through necessity, which will necessity entrepreneurs. And even people who are employed quite often are not getting much money, so it's important for them. That's one of the big motivations for employed people is to side hustle, to do something else. But we have this massive unemployment problem in South Africa, and we're trying to sort it out by government programs, by creating employment, protecting jobs, and often in, oh, well, let's look at SAA today, what a dilemma they're in, you know, wasted money. A uh, company that's, that's really not competitive anymore. What do we do? And so um, it turns out that if you let people who are employed go off and do other jobs, um, they get more income. Um, but after a while, they start employing people too. 
And so you get people who are employed who've got skills, who set up something else, who start pulling more people into employment. So it's a wonderful way to start increasing employment without going through all the normal job creation programs or giving supplementary benefits. What if everybody had a side hustle and each of us employed three or four people? And, and then after a while, we started working part-time and gave our, the other half our job to somebody else. It's a, it's a lateral way to start solving the jobless crisis because, and it apprentices people into skills and knowledge. So we've got to think differently and creatively about how to deal with the, the jobless crisis. And side hustling is a brilliant way to do it, which is not figuring in any policy at all, and it ought to. We ought to make it mandatory or, or really support people, companies that let people side hustle. It'll help the economy. So what effect does that have on the quality of your productivity at the workplace? Well, there were, here's a stereotype. Oh, my goodness, I've got another job. I've got two jobs. I'm you, working you at this. in and out. You just want to rush I'm, out of there. Oh, and I'm sort of <laughs> narcoleptic. I can't focus on anything, and I hate my employer. You're half asleep. Yeah, you know, and let me steal stuff from the employment. I'm going to steal my hours. <laughs> I'm going to work a little bit of time and employ it. Turns out that over 40 hour week is the average week, let's say. Turns out the side hustlers work 57 hours in their primary job, which is more than the, more than the people who aren't side hustling. So they work harder in their primary job. And they do between 12 and 17 hours on their side hustle. So they work really hard. Oh my goodness, that's going to destroy my family. Well, not necessarily because... You know, you go and do something where you get more money and you get more interest in networks, you get more skills, and suddenly, wow, I'm being creative and, and something blossoms in you and you're kind of like a better person to be around. You're not stuck as a wage slave. Hmm. And so it allows you to blossom and grow. And what a brilliant way to help people learn new skills for a, for a changing and flexible economy rather than just putting on incubation programs or sending them on programs, which please do because we run a business school. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> Let, <laughs> we teach side hustling too. Let's, let's <laughs> take those calls, 0891-104-207, talking about the side hustle. Do you have a side hustle or two, and how's that going for you? So th- what are the challenges for people with side hustles? Well, obviously, t- time is one of them. So um, there's, there's a whole load of sort of classic problems um, that people deal with. Some people think it means overworked employees. Uh, Some people think it's misuse of company property. Other people think, well, let people work on a side hustle, and of course they're going to leave. As a side hustler, the challenges are, well, how do I find time? How do I get resources? But it seems to energize people. People don't just do side hustling for money. I mean, Mostly it's money. It's about 30% of people, 30-40%. That's the main thing. But the next motivation is actually interest or diversifying yourself. You know, you end up an accountant. Your parents said, oh, you said to your parents, I want to be an actress. Okay. They, you're an actress. Okay. As well as a radio. And, and they said, no, no, don't do that. Get a proper job. So yeah. you become an accountant. But deep inside you, you are a really good dramatic you're a really good actor and you never had the chance so you start to do that you start a radio station on the side or something and suddenly something in you comes out again and it sparks up your innovation it sparks up your intellect it makes you uh, more awake more confident um, and you start to network with different people and you realize i i've got as much more to me than the person that i see at work so parents should actually encourage kids to side hustle and do things from an early age. I mean, what I find interesting about the side hustle is is just almost, you know, burning that new fire in a person. Mm. That that 
that perhaps was killed sitting in a nine to five and where you feel a little bit like you're not inspired and so on. I'm thinking of uh, one of the guys that used to be a senior at the SKA project, um, senior scientist, played mm. a guitar, but I mean, he used to gig on the side. <laughs> it was the most amazing, amazing, um, well, interview I've had with somebody who, and it was a real side hustle. In other words, it wasn't a hobby. Ah. He used to gig, literally have go on, on at weekends, have a, a gig. And on Monday, he's back at SKA and that was his life. Yeah, well, we've got Mama Dice who works with me. She's a very cool lady. Uh, her partner, Lorato, he's a guitarist mm -hmm. and a DJ. So what Mama does, she's off to doing DJ at the weekends now. And Kelebechile, she makes beautiful clothes. And so we had a fair of all our employers, and we said, come and show us your high side hustles. And wow, somebody's making cakes, there's other people doing financial advice or consulting. You're quite right. And um, the creative thing is really important in business because business is about productivity, but it's equally about innovation. And where we are now in, a, in an economy, if I may be serious for a moment, that hasn't transformed, and I don't mean demographically or in, in BE terms, yes. it hasn't transformed structurally in the last 20 years. Vietnam has transformed from crops and textiles into high tech in 20 years and made the economy far more complex, beautiful economy. We are almost exactly the same structure around mining and, and the other things we were 20 years ago. And that is not the economy that can really last the future. We've got to diversify. We need the creative, the creative acumen as well as business acumen. We need to build new sectors of the economy. And the best way to do this is let people start doing that on the side. That's why we at Henley, we have scholarships for the music and creative industries. So we've got some really well-known household names in creativity. And we're also going to open up a sports scholarship now for sports personalities to allow them to finish their sporting career and get the business skills that they build those industries. So we want the creative industries to build. We want all the hospitalities, high-tech industry builds. We're going to seed seed those people so side hustling is important it's it's tricky though sometimes to convince perhaps your partners or your family members about your passion if your side hustle is a passion i mean i i had a conversation with somebody who's got this passion with a side hustle and and the passion and the side hustle were eating into the main jobs money and that's tricky to convince people to, to, to do, isn't it? Well, the research shows the opposite. So the research shows you spend about 27, maybe 20, no, I think it's less than that. So there's about 17 hours a week extra on your side hustle in year one, and you've got one side hustle, and you get something like 12% extra income. After five years, six years, you're spending 12% on your time on your side hustles, but you've got two or three of them, hmm. and 20 six plus percent of your income is now coming from your side hustle so after time you're using less time now if you position it as an either or i'm gonna you know i came from the hippie generation man you know drop out and tune in turn on drop out you know no, i'm not going to do a real job man i'm going to be an artist or, or musician that's true it's a zero-sum game you're, you're letting go of one thing to do the other but side hustling isn't that. Side hustling is staying in a career and amplifying it, giving yourself more, more substance, more beauty, more diversifying uh, a bit more of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, in the career, so you're keeping your career going and you're doing the rest, and they feed off each other. Now, people who are side hustling stay with their employers mainly, 
Uh, they choose the employers who let them side hustling, set them side hustle, and they tend to get higher skills. You don't have to pay for their skills development. They're out there developing themselves. So, so what's the trick to doing it well? Is mm. it, the, is it the, the kind of side hustle that complements your current job? Not necessarily. See, side jobbing is doing the same thing as you do on a day-to-day basis, but sort of consulting out or doing it for somebody else. Side hustling is doing something normally quite different. A lot of people do it in hospitality or crafts or whatever. So I I saw... um, But I want to answer the trick. What's the trick in a minute? So I'll tell you. So give me, just distinguish this for me, if this is a side hustle or Mm. side jobbing. Mm. So a doctor, um, you know, a doctor, I think she's in a private hospital or whatever, her side hustle, I think that's the name, that's how you call it. Her side hustle is making the um, surgery scrubs. Yes. Now what, that, is that, what would that be called? Hmm, it's within the same industry. So, yes. somebody, so it's a bit of a gray area. Yes. But it doesn't matter because she is providing value to the industry, helping develop herself, and she's getting a, a, a much more, a 360 degree view of her. Yeah. of her industry. My wife's a doctor. She's yeah. a very good GP. Yeah. She also does Botox and, and, yeah. and the aesthetics on the side. Yeah. Um, ah. That's an expanding job. She's also really good at design yes. and, you know, and garden and all that. She could make another career out of that, I'm sure. But she's not at the moment, but that's what she's doing. So what it, what it does, it means you can expand your revenue, get some more interest, but you always wanted to do that other thing. Something in you said, I could run a guest house. I could run an Airbnb. I could start an engineering company. What? Why not? I was quite good at that. Have a go. Buy a little engineering company. Help them develop their management skills. Help grow that with your marketing capability. And it helps you broaden your life. So you don't sit in a silo. You become part of life. The question is at work, how much of me is welcome at work? So how much of you is welcome at work? Probably a lot. But a lot of people said not much. Not much. Yeah, yeah. you just keep it all quiet. So you you work hard and you you use your intelligence and and you kind of do what you're told. You can pay for those things, but you can't pay for creativity. Creativity is a volunteer thing, an initiative and passion. They come volunteer. So So by letting people side hustle, you instill their passion and creativity again in their main job. It's a brilliant way to keep people and help your company grow with new ideas. I will take and those calls. I'll take those calls on 0891-104-207. We're discussing side hustling. I don't know if you're one of those people who's got a side hustle or two. Let me know and let me know how it's going. John Foster Pedley uh, from the business, from Henley Business, business School is with me and we'll be having this conversation until two. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 107.1 FM in Seapoint. So our conversation is around the side hustle and my guest is in studio with me, John Foster Pedley, Henley Business School Dean and Director. And they did the survey um, around side hustling, that that kind of ecosystem in South Africa in specific. And it turns out to be a really good thing. So, John, I want to know whether it's a good idea to speak to your current employer about a side hustle in your current company. So... I've possibly identified the fact that, you know, at lunchtime, we battle to get lunch in this business. Uh, you struggle. There is there's no canteen or whatever. Would it then be a good idea for someone to say, well, can I bring in sandwiches? 
Is that a bad idea strategically for your for for your career? Well, that's a small thing. You know, you could, I've known people who've started off catering in their own companies. Companies have started, and the stories of people who've created big office catering services just from that. So, I think it's a great idea. <coughs> Maybe what I'm asking is. Are you seeing that companies are more open to that kind of thing, or do they are they still a bit more hostile? Well, look, the history we always think that companies are all against this, and we've got to shroud it in secrecy. Or better not say that they'll fire me. I'm being disloyal. <laughs> oh God, I'm not focusing on my work. It turns out that that the majority of company are, are either ambivalent or positive. You know, something a bit over fifty five percent are sort of positive, and some are slightly against, and a very small minority are hugely against. It, but it also turns out that, that any good company you go to, think of the really good companies. I don't mean people who are holding people in job, not helping them progress. In a knowledge economy, the creative economy, building a new country for all our children, you can't be sitting in an office just obeying orders. You've got to get out there and be activists and start being entrepreneurial. You've got to try, and we have to encourage that as a country. So good employers who are smart and want to keep the best people say, go for it. In fact, I'll help you. In fact, some of the best companies we know, some of the high-tech companies, they have sort of your own idea Friday afternoons or they have one day a month where they just lock people in a room and you're not allowed to work on your work. And it's a very good idea because it helps people's minds broaden out and make sense of what they're doing. And instead of just sitting, not only being a wage slave, but a task slave, you can set back from it a moment and start to put all the connections together and let your creativity blossom. Now, that creativity... It's not a self-indulgent creativity. What it is, is an innovation that creates more value for your organization. <laughs> and you can do these things. You've got to get people to start thinking about how can I be more, how can I, th how can I have more confidence and think I've just got to be an employer. I think we're a, co we're a country, I quite often feel that because of the past and history, we've suffered a form of abuse that's shattered people's confidence. We're building back, but I think there's an element of it there now. We need to build people up so they're confident. So is, is that possibly where, where some of our solutions lie. In other mm. words, um, you have a, a group of, of workers who, who have a problem with transport and maybe one of them has a car and, and you as an employer could say, won't you organize, uh, you know, dropping them off and maybe we can pay you. Um, sure. is, is that maybe where companies should be looking to to better people's circumstances and to kind of build in entrepreneurship. Well, in, you're in still talking about working on your current employer. Yeah, And, and yes. that's very tempting. Let me find a job here. But, you know, what I'm saying is go outside your current employer. Uh, okay. Go out in the community. Yeah. You know, there's somebody right here in this office who at weekends buys loads of chickens, goes around and sells them door to door and does but, really good work. And that's nothing to do with being in a radio studio. But, 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 that's a great job. But the thing, the reason I, I bring the current employer in, John, is that often you find the opportunities are right in the space that you you spend your time. So, so you you've got this advantage of knowing where the gaps are, and instead of moaning about it, you may just say, "Well, I could fill those gaps. Could we have a conversation?" Yeah, abso absolutely. I mean, the the. The slight resistance I've got yep. to my own head is that you're looking at what you're doing here and let's always improve this. A good company will have programs and enthusiasm and will turn that into learning, perhaps give you training to help because it's a great way to motivate your employees to learn or your part, your colleagues to learn. And a big thing about learning, it's got to have motivation. You can't, learning, if you shove people in a room and say, learn this or else, they're not going to learn. If, they've, if, they, if they're alive and they're learning, they learn it. Ten times the speed. Great stuff for the company and the economy. This can build the economy. Where, where you and I, I think, are pulling apart mm -hmm. is is the fact that big companies are not 
taking small SMMEs in enough? In other words, if if a company could say, John, we know you do one, two, three, but maybe you could supply us with paper. It will change a lot. Well, it, it kind of democratizes a lot of stuff. I, I agree that. And it's interesting. I was talking to a number of companies who are developing their supply programs yeah. now. They're developing a network around. So I don't think we're poles apart on that, okay. although it would make for much more interesting radio, <laughs> yes. radio if we were. <laughs> yeah. So I'll try and find <laughs> no, something I deeply contradict you on. Yes. Um, but, but it's not that. So a lot of companies are. So you see some of the great companies, big names, and they've got strong SME programs. But my problem is it's not just about going and helping a couple of SMEs. Gotcha. By by getting your employees out there to develop their skills, they're employed. You, what you're doing is you're building multiple companies. You're not trying to control it as a company. You're trying to enable it. You still need to do the SME program. You still need to do the development. Gotcha. We, have, we have a big program called MB8 at Hendy. We've worked with 350 NGOs recently. We have biggest MBA scholarship program in Africa. Why do we do that? Because it makes brilliant sense. People love to come and learn and, and, and it gives a sense of purpose to people when we work with NGOs. So they're learning context where they see it makes a difference and suddenly they're super engaged. So, so there are different you, ways of doing it. You were this. about to answer the question earlier. Um, what, what, what's the optimum? What makes it work? I was going to be cliched here and say something like love of what you do, but, but what you need is a need. And ah. we, we all have it. We all have the need to earn money more. And that's the primary need. Find ways to do that. But don't, don't be greedy about money. I mean, the purpose of businesses is not to make a profit. Sorry to say that. Oops. The purpose of business is the purpose of their business to do a great job. And they must make profits in order to survive and grow. But you and I don't want to work for a company that just says, oh, all we care about is making profit out mm. of people. We want a purpose that's got a heart, that's building the community, building South Africa. That's the purpose. We build a people who build businesses to build Africa. Hmm. And profit must be there. We must do that well. The second thing is you must, you must have... You must want to grow as a person because you don't want to be stale. We have such potential that it's really important to get out there and try these things. And most employers and more employers are getting on, on side with it. Don't think they're against it. They're older than they really aren't. And the best ones aren't. You're not, a, you're not trapped in there. Go and make it and then grow yourself. And then you'll, you'll learn the capabilities to get to the next level of job. Even if your employer doesn't know it, you will have found it. You take power, you know. You take power, you know, as men, as women, you take power, you build yourself and you make yourself that person. And that's the way to build the economy. It's not just central government or central corporates. Do it. We have to take that initiative. And that's going to be the secret for us. Such an interesting conversation. Thank yeah. you so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for asking me. It's, it's such really a pleasure to talk such to you. An interesting you must come and do an MBA. You know, must do that. It's time. <laughs> Look at you. I can see you ready. <laughs> Listen, where do we find this particular survey? How, where do people find it? Um, well, you can come and check on uh, where it's at, um, www.henleysa.ac.za right. and then you could probably best to contact Amir and that's A-A-M-I-R-S and that's Amir S at henleysa.ac.za and he's already on the phone telling me why did you give my email out. <laughs> Thanks but again John, John Foster Pedley, <laughs> Henley Business School Dean and Director. It's two o'clock.